Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. There are nearly 20 million military vets in the U.S. And each week, we focus on their stories. This is CBS Eye on Veterans. Welcome to CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm Navy vet Phil Briggs. Last week, ConnectingVets.com reported the news that one of our favorite guests and friends had suddenly passed away. George Michael Todd, best known as Doc Todd, died in Atlanta, Georgia in May. The cause of the 38-year-old's death was sudden cardiac death. And it's a note that really hits home with me as I've had a similar kind of heart attack. Now, over the last 10 years... Doc Todd, the former combat medic turned hip-hop recording artist, had become a trailblazer and had done more to break the stigma over post-traumatic stress than any rapper in the U.S. His work earned respect from many major hip-hop artists and even garnered a leading role in a Diet Coke promotion a few years ago dedicated to normalizing the conversation around mental health. We joked about how he was almost famous, and I was certain that the limo would be arriving soon to take him to the next level of stardom. Sadly, that dream was cut all too short. So in honor of my good buddy, Doc Todd, I wanted to share several of the conversations we'd recorded over the years for the podcast, Vet Story. You'll hear why his music and his message was so important. And I hope his words will inspire you the way they did me. My name is Doc Todd. I'm from Memphis, Tennessee, born and raised the land of Blues Barbecue and Stax Records. Now, as far as hip-hop artists go, he's unlike anything on the charts right now. When I sat down with Doc to record this podcast, uh, I was expecting the regular quick hit about his music. Where are you from? Where'd you get inspired to write this song? Who's the girl you're singing about? That kind of stuff. 
what I got was way more than that. There's a guy who's in a fight. A fight against the bottle, the dope, and the deal too many vets are going through right now. Suicide. So you can feel it, feel a little bit more about Doc. Let's start with his single, Not Alone. The struggle is real, found a piece and lost a soul Eventually my drinking, it got out of control There in darkness, I roam, struggling to find home See, suddenly death didn't feel so alone 22 a day, destination unknown It could have been avoided if you picked up the phone But now you're gone, so I guess all we get is the tone Nothing but bone weeds, overgrown, pushing up stones I've triumphed over enemies, co-creating enemies Broke out facilities that tried to put an end to me R.I.P., I'd rather grind in tranquility Authentic tendency, embrace my ability Okay, real quick, where'd you serve? Um, served as far as deployment, Southern Afghanistan, Helmand Province, 2009. We were part of that initial kind of invasion before Marja, the first real big troop insertion and change of direction from Iraq to Afghanistan, as far as that, that goes, and that was in 2009. When did anything kick in? Like, you got out right after that and came back stateside, right? Yeah, I was medevaced, actually. I had combat-related illness. I had pneumonia in both lungs and Q fever and, like, a really wicked viral infection. I was in ICU for, like, seven days, really almost almost died uh, as, as it relates to an illness. Wasn't shot, wasn't blown up, just got really nasty ill and, and had to be put on full-blown oxygen, be intubated, and ultimately medevac back to the United States. And, um, you know, my end of, my EAS was really quick after my deployment. So, I mean, I was slated to get out in December of 09 anyway. And I was medevaced in August, like by the time I got back stateside. So really, I just was waiting to get out at that point once I got kind of healthy again. Mm. When did you notice that you'd taken home some of the slideshow from oh. over there? Like, when did you notice that? Like, how soon after you got out did you notice that some of those images were just still playing in your mind? Yeah, well, the funny, the I guess uh, to answer the question first and then, you know, maybe offer some background, I would say, you know, I knew I was going to have, I knew I wasn't the same immediately i mean really you know like as far as what how it was going to impact my daily life and and what it was going to really take to be healthy again i didn't know that but i knew that i was a different man immediately coming back from that medevac um you know i've actually never gone to the va to seek any kind of treatment for ptsd like i've always gone to private sector mm -hmm. you know healthcare facilities because my wife has a great job and i had really bad back so i finally after three years of like torment in my mind about whether or not i should claim my mm -hmm. back um you know i had surgery at 27 years old like major reconstructive lower back surgery and i was like you know what i'll at least like go in there and tell the truth and see what happens you right. know as it pertains to like a disability claim so i went in there and just said i'm not going to exaggerate anything no hyperbole i'm going to answer their questions i'm going to show them my medical record and whatever they say is what they say and we did it, and I ultimately got 10%, you know, service connection for my back. But I never, and that's from more of the training than the combat, right? I mean, we're sure. corpsmen, so we're putting people on our back like every five seconds and full combat load. And, and I'm a 
way too big now, but back then I was a big guy, big healthy guy, but I mm-hmm. was probably 205, 210, you know, 6'1". And I mean, you're wearing 60-pound combat load, you got a 50-pound med bag or a 40-pound med bag, and then you're tossing Marines up on your back. I mean, it's a lot of compression on the lower spine. So I finally got over myself and right. went and connected to the VA about my back, but I always got my mental health treatment outside, man. You know, it's, been, it's work for me. But, you know, my thing is not to tell other people what to do. It's just to say, hey, whatever you think works for you, you know. What? And clearly, you're medicating yourself in a very cool way, and that's yeah. musically. And we're going to get to that in just one second. Um, I want to ask you, uh, Helmand Province. Yep, uh, southern Afghanistan. I lost a buddy there, too. I'd heard from some other guys, uh, just real quick snapshots of, like, some of the things that they just couldn't unsee, uh, couldn't forget. Are there any moments like that that you brought back with you that maybe were responsible for sort of you walking down a darker road? There's not like, I don't know, like the way, because, you know, the only, you know, I haven't studied flashbacks or nightmares or anything like from any scientific capacity. And I would say, you know, based on the way that they're portrayed in the movies, I don't really have them. Right. Mm. Like if that's how flashbacks and nightmares go, then then I don't have them. Like I don't like wake up in a cold sweat. And I don't feel like the need to crawl under my desk or something if something's okay. going on. But, you know, from a f- what really jacked me up mentally was my medevac. It was the feeling isolated from my guys. It was being taken out of the fight. It was feeling like there was an asterisk on my deployment because I wasn't shot or blown up. And, you know, those were the things that really bothered me a ton. But from the physical, you know, tangible, touchable piece of war, it's it was how dead flesh feels. You know, how soft it is and, like, you know, spongy it is. Like when there's not blood pumping through those muscles, like what they feel like, you know, and it was not necessarily like we had an A&A guy get, get shredded up pretty good. And I was, they, now they picked that body up off the street. I wasn't on patrol for that particular incident that happened. But when they got, you know, in the Muslim faith, 24 hours, you got to get that body underground. Like it's a big deal. And despite common belief, like we care about doing things the right way. Like we care about doing a great job. So, there was a lot of people around kind of like looking for someone to take charge of that scenario and try to package that body up and get it medevaced. And I kind of jumped in and was like, I'll own this. Yeah. And, um, you know, dude was shredded up bad. And um, the way he felt, you know, the way his body felt, how soft it felt, how lifeless it felt. It wasn't even so much how it looked. It was just, you know, when you touch something and it doesn't feel like you think it's supposed to feel. Right, right. You know what I mean? And and that's something as far as like the, the visual or physical or touchable pieces of war that really stick with me. We were fighting a lot of small arms. There were some IEDs, but we got in firefights regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of Helmand is where we were was kind of a river valley. It's where all the opium is, all the marijuana is. It's kind of like, you know, farmland, you know, um, with egress canals and things like that. And you know, getting in firefights, it's not paintball out there. Like, they're not, like, running around in the open. It's not as visual as you would think if you've never been in combat. Like, you know, right. I, I can count on one hand the amount of times that I actually caught a glimpse of some of a Taliban and, like, really, really saw him. Yeah, And, yeah, like, yeah. really, really saw him shooting at me. Like, I can count it on one hand. Wow. Now I can count on hands, toes, elbows, appendages, ears. Right. The amount of times I've been shot at. But the amount of times I saw who was shooting at me, small. Wow. You know, so it's not as visual in that type of, you know, in the in an open river valley, you know, mm-hmm. talking to people. There was a lot more kind of like Vietnam. Dude. 
Doc was a big bear of a guy who instantly made you feel comfortable. And we started a friendship that lasted several years, and he was the kind of guy I knew I could ask anything and get a real answer. Which is evidenced by one of our conversations about how his service-related injuries sent him down the dark road to addiction, something he never backed away from talking about and shared quite openly in his popular hit single from 2017, Not Alone. to a couple lyric lines in it and uh, I imagine before you medicated musically yeah. you medicated some other ways Hell yeah. uh, the line about drinking out of control yeah. was yours yeah oh yeah um, I got kind of hooked on pain pills too um, not on purpose no right right you know and I didn't like go out and start scoring smack on the street but um, I was working into my I was working into my surgery so like they had scheduled the I had a lumbar fusion L five S one, and you know I got four rod or two rods and some pedicle screws, and kind of a fix my lower spine. When I finally got the MRI and I got it done at a private, I didn't go to the VA. You know, I I got it done at a private facility in Atlanta, one of the best neurosurgeons in the country, and um, you know, he said, "Man, I don't really even see how you're functioning." <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you needed surgery bad, and he was like. You know, somewhere in the course of that discourse, he was like, you know, we could give you some pain medicine because obviously you're living with some pretty significant pain, but you've gone this long without it. I don't see any reason to start now. Mm. And boy, was he right. So I said, you know what? I said, you're right. I said, don't worry about it. And this was in 2012. And, um, you know, I had finally started getting around to get the surgery a couple of years later, like two and a half years later. Later, I was like, that, like he's saying I can get some, get something for this pain. I'm going to go get it. And yeah. I went I went to my general care physician or whatever, your regular family practitioner site. Sure. And I was like, look, here's the diagnosis on my back. I'm scheduled surgery. Like, I need some pain meds. And he started, and he gave me oxycodone or Percocet or whatever sure. it is. And so, you know, obviously I'm dealing with stuff mentally too. So, you know, I'm like, you know, I can have a little fun with these things and not be hurting for like the next three months. Let's do that. I mean, if it helps resolve some things in your headspace in addition to your backspace oh, yeah. at first it seems like a very innocent kind of innocuous thing to do right i mean it it's almost not, seems logical right and and i say this out loud to you but i'm thinking you know more of the vets that are listening to our conversation it's not like we're saying you went into this with the mindset to start getting high yeah it sounds like it was straight helpful to deal with the physical pain as well as some of the mental side effects yeah, and I mean, if I'm being, you know, 100% honest, which like now my whole like path in life is based on transparency and authenticity, I think that's one of the things that people attach to with our mission is the fact that we're not some hyperbolic war hero story. Like, I'm not out here like, yeah, yeah, yeah like I'm just out here saying how it was for me, you know, and, and I'm not trying to be like 
not I'm not I'm not Marcus Latrell. I'm not Chris Kyle. Like that's not who I am. That's not my role in this. I'm not a punk either. Like we got over there and we got it done. But you know, I think one of the things that people are connecting to in our mission is that we're we are being 100 percent transparent. I'm a guy who would get high. I'm just being honest with you. I'm yeah. a guy. I'm a guy who smoke, you know, smoke a joint or whatever. I don't think it's like the world's worst thing in the world. That's I'm wired that way. Like I know it's not maybe right, you know, from a from the system standpoint. But yeah, I mean, was I trying to catch a little bit of a free high on it and not be in pain and not have to deal with it? I think all those things are true. One, yeah, it was kind of rational. Yeah, I can get some sleep. Yeah, I can feel better. Yeah, um, I'm in immense amount of back pain, but yeah, this is like what I would call a free high, right? So it's right. like, it's totally legal. I'm not doing anything wrong and I can catch a free high off this. I'm not scoring it on the street. So let's roll with it, you know? And what ended up happening is I started abusing, abusing I started I started abusing them at that point. It wasn't, there was no moderation or control. Sure. Or this is just a one night thing. I started chewing pills. I started snorting pills, snorting pills, snorting pills. Next thing you know, we're getting into surgery and, and, you know, for people who know, you know, they cut through a lot of muscle tissue on lower back surgery, like a lot of muscle. There's a lot of fat tissue, a lot of muscle tissue. They're going pretty deep back there and they're especially in that lower back or up above that pelvic girdle. And, um, the post-op pain for a lower back surgery is pretty, pretty real. I can only imagine, dude. They're giving me like low dose of morphine after surgery and it ain't doing because your threshold has already yeah, been so my, high. My opium threshold is high. And I wasn't like going crazy with it, but I, I was taking more than I should. And I was taking it to do the pain, get the sleep, be healthy. But also I was looking for a recreational edge too. Sure. And, and um, you know, by the time I was in post-op and I really needed it, like really, really needed it, my, my tolerance was way too high. And they ended up having to give me like, you know, intravenous Dilaudid and all kind of stuff. So then I get out of the hospital and now I'm obviously on post-op pill meds from the hospital. So you take another, you know, six hard six weeks to 12 weeks of post-op, you know, rehabilitation, taking pain meds again. By the end of that six month period, I'm, I'm hooked on dope. Man. You, you know what I mean? Like by the end of that six months, I'm physically hooked on dope. Now, I never went out and got it on the street or anything. When they cut off that supply, I just went through the pain, and I, I took it on the chin. I took my sins right there on the chin, Ooh. and I was throwing up, vomiting, you know, all the, the diarrhea, the whole deal, right? Wow. So, I mean, if I would have had, there's just something in me. I'm not saying that it makes me better or worse than anybody else. There's something in me where I'm not going to go out and get drugs from some guy on the street. Like, I'm not going to do it. Right. And I'm not going to hunt around looking for pills. Like, it's not in me to do that. I understand why people do that. I just, to me, that's kind of a line that I won't cross. But also, if I'm being honest, at the end of the six months, I was hooked on dope. Period. Man, you just explained so perfectly the exact path that makes some veterans turn into dope addicts. Yeah, no, that's some that's some straight fact. Now, while the interview's happening, it's like a light bulb's going off in my head, and I can hear his song. And I, and I can hear the exact lyric that describes the situation. And almost as if we'd rehearsed the conversation, Doc Todd nails it. You know, without my Georgia girls, I'd probably be dead taking every med that the VA said. Mm. You know, like, so it's just, you know, it's just saying that I have stuff to live for. Like, I have people to live for, and I have, 
um, I have a responsibility, like my responsibilities as a man, father, and husband, they did not cease to exist when I got out of the service. You know, and I mean, look, if you can't do it for yourself, do it for somebody else. You know, I mean, if you can't find the heart to do it for yourself, do it for somebody you love, you know, because, you know, you have value, you are important in this world, you know, and people depend on you. You know, they look to you for strength. They look to you for provision. They look to you for protection. So, you know, if you can't do it for yourself, provide it for them. And I think my takeaway from this, before we get into where your music career is going next, my takeaway is that your music, this song is so profound. And I was looking at some of the comments that brothers believe in underneath you know, in your comment thread and that the men and women that have fought and served that get you yeah. that have heard this song just since your appearance on NPR recently to some of them, you replied, um, chin up, chest out. And I thought that was so cool. And it must be it to me is the evidence that you hear for a reason and that everything we go through, whether it's combat stresses or just, you know, uh, our previous generations where they went through the great depression and poverty or, or, or struggles, they came back, but they they were here for a reason. And what the wise ones did is they made a legacy and they and they turned something beautiful out of some really nasty soil. Yeah. Chin up, chest out. Doc was on the show many times over the course of his rising music career. And his bigger-than-life personality always made me feel good, whether it was in an interview or the occasional phone call I'd get from him just checking in. By 2019, his career was picking up speed, and he was getting more exposure through several appearances on major news networks. And as we'll hear in this next segment, he was a featured artist in a National Diet Coke campaign about mental health. It said unknown caller, but I, it, you're not an unknown caller. <laughs> well, I should hope not, you, but... You are a known caller. I've had worse labels given to me, so uh, I'll take unknown caller any day. I've got a whole lot of truth today, so, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I hope you've already pressed record. I have. We are rolling. I am me today at 100%. Good to hear your voice, brother. How you been? I've been good, man. I've been missing you, to be honest. It's been, you know, it's been kind of a wild couple of years, but I figure we'll talk about it a little today. Yeah, man, you're up to some awesome stuff. And I have to admit that uh, I was really pleased when I saw you make some news the other day. And uh, I'll just kind of sum it all up in an article that was on ConnectingVets.com a little bit earlier this week uh, when it was reported that Navy veteran and hip-hop artist Doc Todd doesn't like all the additional baggage that comes with the PTS label and diagnosis. But in order to get a conversation going about the complexities of labels in society today, Doc has teamed up with a brand that I was really shocked and amazed is doing this. But you hooked up with Diet Coke and are getting ready to do some big things. Um, what are you all doing together? It's been awesome. So so I got hooked up with Diet Coke and I would say probably two months ago. Um, they were looking for individuals who defied labels. And, you know, I sent them a video. Um and they wanted some people with some level of internal connection to the company. And my wife has worked uh, Coca-Cola North America for a while. So they had kind of canvassed their internal resources for people that were breaking down labels in their everyday life. You know, they felt like with the work that I was doing in the music space, you know, everything that I was accomplishing in my life, 
despite you know some of the difficulties that I'm dealing with, that I really defied the labels that exist and the stigmas that exist with mental health and post-traumatic stress. So we got together and said, hey, you know, how can we how can we make a difference in this particular space? How can I represent this space well? And how can I represent us well? And, you know, how can we break some of these these walls down? That's awesome, man. Uh, I got the video here that I'll play a little clip of. It's really cool, man. I served in southern Afghanistan. I saw a lot of tough things. I'm most proud of being a combat veteran, you know, after being a dependable father for my daughters. But since we've been home, I've struggled with post-traumatic stress disorder. There's a lot of stigma surrounding mental health. People feel like we're dangerous. They feel like we're broken. My whole life is dedicated to the veteran space. I'm helping people to come out of the shadows and tell their story. Never really thought I'd hit rock bottom again. But since I'm in the creek then, I better learn to swim. My mind's been battling my soul in a world so cold. Most of my free time is spent writing music or recording music. I can use experiences that I've had in the military to make me a better version of myself. Coming home, I don't have to be a victim. I don't have to be broken. I'm still getting stronger and healthier every single day. And I can be powerful. They are kind of stripping it back, man. They're taking the label off the can. They they want to talk about things that are unlabeled. And you said some powerful things in that video. How is this going to reach out and touch people? And I have limited information, but I know that it's a long-term commitment from Diet Coke to, you know, really, really try to identify and ignite conversation around the labels that exist in our society so that we can get to, you know, really know each other and connect on an individual basis. I know that they're very, very serious about it. I know that it's 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 a big priority for them, and I'm just really happy to be a part of it. What I know is that it's social. They're serious about it, and they're working really, really hard to try to make a difference. And, and I know from experience, you know, you can think what you want about, you know, any company or this or that, but, but Coca-Cola has been super good to our family, and, and I'm really, really uh, excited to be working with them. That's awesome, man. And I'm pumped to see it hit social because, heck, that's, uh, you know, that's the medium we consume every single day. I mean, whether it's Facebook or whether it's YouTube or whether it's Instagram, uh, you know, people aren't necessarily all about network TV anymore. You see so many things online that make a difference to you. I don't think I've ever seen a corporation with the size, scale and ability of like a Diet Coke ever take on something like PTS. Like you had to be thrilled because most of the time, right, don't we see corporations and they're like, this veteran served and look at him in his battle rattle and he is a badass and you should (laughs) buy that truck because he's a badass. I've never seen anybody do anything with like addressing the real deal. Not only did they let me be me, they were an advocate for me with some of the other organizations that we were working with to create content. I mean, they, they, they not, you know, and it was weird. I got some weird, you know, people make rando comments in the, in the thread box, like, like, Oh, it's great that you're working with a corporation, but don't sell your soul. And I'm like, buddy, I was going to sell my soul long before diet Coke sold my soul because they were <laughs> like, they, they were telling me like, no, seriously, like be you don't feel like you have to bend. Don't feel like you have to adapt. Like you're, we want you to be a part of this because of who you are completely. So don't do anything that you're uncomfortable with. Yeah, man. Let's talk a little bit about what we hope happens from this. Uh, you know, they say they want to start the conversation. Um, what does that mean to you? Well, I think that sometimes talking can be the catalyst for walking, if that makes any sense. 
And ultimately, I, I do genuinely believe that the the ultimate destination is to try to make a difference and try to help us be a little bit more connected and try to help us be a little bit more empathetic and understanding of each other's circumstance. So I do know the second that I started taking ownership of my story, that it started to impact the people around me and it started to eliminate fear. And, you know, I, I think fear is, is one of the biggest things that holds people back that are struggling with post-traumatic stress is they don't want to be out in the open. And I was one of those people for so, so long, like for six or seven years, like I didn't even want people from my unit. I didn't even want people from my company or my platoon or my squad to see what I was doing or what I was up to. I just wanted to disappear from all of it. And now I'm out here doing podcasts. I'm out here in the open telling my story. I've been on CNN and HLN and ABC, all this crazy stuff. But what I did was take ownership of my story and, and I, I chose to tell it instead of allow someone else to tell it. And um, I, and I think that's made the biggest impact. And I and I really think that that's what Diet Coke is ultimately doing. When you get down to the lowest common denominator, they're helping you know unique people to tell their story and giving them a platform to do so. So when you say own your story, are we saying now to the veteran community that's probably listening to this podcast, you know what? Maybe you start the dialogue with somebody. Like you might say, you know, if somebody says, "Hey, thank you for your service." what do you follow that up with you know hey let me tell you about what i did or do you share with your coworkers? hey man if i feel edgy on mondays it's not because i haven't had coffee i'm just dealing with a little <laughs> stuff right now i mean Buddy, is that kind of what we're yeah. supposed to be taking away from this you know i was thinking today like i made some like little minor clerical errors today at work and you know i have a day job too and it was just like man i really don't belong on a damn computer like i like i will just i will destroy this computer like you do not need me there but like all these times i'm doing this great stuff for our organization at mmi like teaching classes and connecting with veterans i'm usually by myself and i'm usually out in the community so it's like a veteran working a, a, a combat veteran that's suffering with some post traumatic stress working in a traditional you know, nonprofit or corporate environment, it, it comes with challenges. And I'm not going to ever pretend it does. And I'm still trying not to get fired every day. Every day I'm trying not to get fired, right? I'm trying to hang in there. <laughs> you you, you know? and me so, both, man. You and me, you and me both, man. You and me. So that's just, that's just the reality. So, But to answer the other part of your question is, is I think that I have legitimate mentors that are private sector leaders that – I don't care if they haven't been to war. I want to hear what they have to say about the way that I'm behaving. I want to hear about what they have to say about the way that I've dealt with the things that I've been through. I want to hear what they think that they may have done. I want to hear from the people that I think have wisdom, intelligence, and knowledge and success in their life. And I don't want them to automatically disconnect and say, I can't possibly relate. And at the same time, I don't want to be the type of person to come in and be like, you couldn't understand. It's like trying to tell a sportscaster, like, you're not allowed to talk about sports because you didn't play football. Like, I've been covering sports for 40 years. I can talk about sports. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, it, you know, war is, war affects everyone. Like his stage name, Doc which references his experience as a Navy corpsman who were the first medics to assist Marines and soldiers on the battlefield, Doc Todd was always trying to assist others through his music and personal projects. Back in 2017, his hit single Not Alone changed the way we look at PTSD and mental health 
in ways no other rap artist has ever done. The struggle is real, found a piece and lost a soul. Eventually my drinking it got out of control. There in darkness I roam, struggling to find Unfazed by the lack of national recognition, Doc continued to record. And by 2019, we'd caught up again to discuss the change in his musical direction and his advice for all veterans trying to find a meaningful life after the military. Okay, so I'm going to speak to the veterans right now. You can't come into a civilian space, whether it be work, whether it be church, whether it be family, whatever the case it may be, with people that haven't gone through what you would gone through, and say, hey, you know what? You could never understand what it was like to go through this and then disconnect and then expect them to, like, be able to help support you. Like, that's ridiculous. Okay, so, you know, there, there, there's, some, there's some give and take that has to take place. And um, I think that we get closer every day because I think that there's less, things that are taboo than in the past. But, you know, what's important to me at the end of the day is, is making an impact. And I think the conversation starts that. Uh, and I try to do that with my music every day. Um, I try to be a champion for the veteran arts community. I try to be a positive influence on the space. I try not to think about the fact that we don't even actually support each other. There's a huge lack of support of people in the veteran community that know who I am and aren't trying to help me move forward. You know what I mean? So it's there's a lot of selfishness in the veteran community, and there there's a lot of competition in the veteran community as far as it pertains to business and influence. And, you know, we're not sticking together like we say we should and like we say we do, like when we get out to some degree. And, and I want to believe that I've done the right things, and I'm sure I'll sell short too, but, you know, I've found very few advocates whether civilian or veteran out here in my mission and my ministry, it's, it's a lot of times, whether civilian or veteran, whether dealing with mental health issues or not, you're going to have to, you're going to have to climb the mountain alone. Like Batman begins, like you got to bring the blue flower to the top of the mountain, baby. Now in the same way, this big bear of a guy made everyone feel good around him. His next single was poised for success and it was a summer anthem. The song feels good was a melodic track that encouraged anyone dealing with trauma to keep moving forward and seek the joy in life. I like the old school gospel choir, by the way. That's awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. ATL, baby. ATL. All right, let me just run through a little bit of the first stanza here. Shine on, do a dance. Put a smile on, take a chance. 
I mean, dude, that is that is summertime right there in a in musical form. I mean, that is I, I feel myself with a drink in my hand, dancing in a creek like you were in that video, or rocking on the side of the <laughs> rocking on the side of the pontoon boat out on the lake. Um, man, this summer jam is just it, dude. I love it. Yeah, man. I mean, like, not alone was about. You know, that first album, Combat Medicine, was about owning your story and it was about dealing with your pain. Not alone was about saying, hey, like, you're not the only one suffering. But Feels Good is about, like, I want the community to progress with me, and I understand that people are going to come in at different times. But Feels Good is about saying, look, you don't have to have guilt associated with being okay. It's okay to feel good. It feels good to feel good. It's okay. It's all right. Like, you don't have to carry that guilt around. Doc Todd was an innovator. By writing hip-hop that was outside the mainstream themes of guns, money, race, and sexuality, Doc wanted people to strive for happiness. It was a message that came through in another single, Surfing, from his 2019 album, Strange Pictures. Welcome, Mr. Todd. How was your life while abroad? See you repping for the squad. These efforts we applaud. Well, thank you, fine, sir. I sure got close to God. Now I'm mobbing in Atlanta, but my heart is in Havana. Serving on a wave, sun shining every day. We pushing, making plays so we can find a way. Yeah, they say I'm gonna make it. Uh-huh. And me, I'm like, okay. Yes, sir. You can catch me surfing. I'll be up on my wave. I'm on my way. No, I'm on my way. Yeah. You don't want to say it's about the struggle, but it's like about the struggle, but it's simultaneously about the incompetence. I finally got enough wisdom to realize like it's about the journey. I'm done worrying about the destination. I'm done worrying about the result. It's about it's about the journey, man. It's about doing what you were called to do. It's about not living a life paralyzed by fear. And mm. it's about letting the chips fall where they fall, you know? And yeah, it's just, yeah. Go through that line right there uh, about the cookie crumble. Go back yeah. to that one stanza about something about the cookie crumbles and... You're not alone. Life's a jungle. Just get out there and be humble. That's the way the cookie crumbles so I don't stumble. Just be humble. It's a jungle out there. Mm. Like, if you're really fighting for what you believe in and what you're trying to do, like, you are, you are in uh, contact with adversity. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Like, there's no possible way it's not the case. Like, you are in massive contact with adversity. So you're not alone. I love know? that, man. Life's the jungle. Just get out there. Get up and surf. Like, I could talk about AR-15s and pressure plates and A&A guys getting blown up and my roommate getting shot in the neck. And, you know, I've talked about all that stuff on combat medicine. But that's not, like, where the story's supposed to end. Now, if you were lucky enough to meet Mick a.k.a. Doc Todd, you knew he was someone special. His spirit was magnetic, and his energy was infectious. He had an indelible thirst for life and a mission for helping others. But that does not make his passing any easier. Our hearts are broken into a million pieces because the heart of an extraordinary man was too big for this world. And one ordinary day, it just stopped. Gone far too soon. I'm Navy veteran Phil Briggs, and I'll be back again next week with more inspiring veterans when CBS Eye on Veterans returns. And I love you guys.
Now, after recording this podcast, I found myself missing the big guy. A lot. I felt mad at myself that I had not reached out over the last year. Naturally, all of our schedules become full. Whether it's the commitments to our jobs, or kids, or school, we can't help being busy. But we should make it a priority to reach out to our friends while we can. So I'll encourage you to do a couple things. First, check out Doc Todd's music on YouTube or wherever you get music online. The 2017 hit single, Not Alone, that we played throughout this show, is one that reinforces how we need to stay connected. Not just on Facebook or Instagram, but actually call one another. I'm sure a text would carry the same meaning, but there's something so genuine about talking with each other and hearing the voice of a friend or relative. You should also check out his 2019 single, Feels Good. The theme is so upbeat and positive, so I'll end the podcast with the full song. It's the way my buddy lived his life, and hopefully it will inspire you to do the same. I know Doc would agree with me when I say that you are loved, you are appreciated, and my buddy Mick, Doc Todd, you will be remembered forever. Rest in peace, my brother. You did some amazing things for all of us. Just a common strip. It takes two to tango, and you look sweet 
as mango. Mango tickets on Fandango. Why don't you up in the Range Rover? Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Divya Dars. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast. And to ask Jeff some questions, because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.